Brotherhood, multiplication, restoration. We are Sin Network. We're a family, planting churches together. Join us as we hear from leaders of this movement from across North America and discover what it really takes to plant churches everywhere for everyone. Today, we're talking with Bruce Moore, lead pastor at Christ Fellowship in Tampa, about how missions and economy meet in community restoration. Bruce, it's always good to connect with you, man. Good to be here. Glad, glad you're able to make it down. And um, man, I, I still remember the first time that we met. You know, we had a call, and you know, you met a friend that we both knew mm -hmm. that was a pastor, and you was talking yeah. about like how do we, you know, be about planting churches in urban communities. Yeah. And and I remember hearing about your call that time mm -hmm. of going from kind of a, a mega church pastor to a a pastor that was coming into this new this neighborhood, this urban community that was um, dying or declining, mm -hmm. and you know, and this God's passion and a church that you prayed for for many yes. years. And, mm. and then now God called you to that church. And so, man, it is really good. And I'm just seeing you going from that. How long ago was that? It's eight years ago. Eight years ago to yeah. now where you are. Christ Fellowship. Yes. Right? And I mean, and just, man, just how has that been? How has that journey been for you? It, you know, yeah. just planting that church there. Yeah. Well, you know, one thing I'd just say is thank you because none of us do this by ourselves. Yeah. And without really the Sin Network and connections with friends like you and other guys that you and I know and have been around, it's been such an encouragement to have brothers in the Lord that have, and pastors that have encouraged me and given me advice and counsel. And I mean, we probably have talked at two o'clock in the morning and yeah. we've talked at four in the morning. So, you know, that's been one of the amazing things. And I think, you know, uh, in anything, you know, you, you start with some presuppositions about what ministry is going to be, and then, and then you get a, a real understanding. You start seeing through the, yes. the eyes of God yes. in a greater way, and yeah. you start seeing a more holistic understanding of the problems than just one thing, and then God starts revealing to you some of the solutions yeah. too. Yeah, and at the, I love what you're saying because when I even think about, you know, the the reality of what I'm doing now, Vice President of Sin Network, oh, yeah. lead pastor of Blueprint Church, and really wanting to make sure that I would always remain a practitioner, that I'm, I'm, I'm gonna remain a lead pastor, but also talking about kind of leading the Sin Network, mm. but this, this idea of, there's a statement that we've been talking about with Champion, we are Sin Network. This yes. idea of giving Sin Network a soul. Mm -hmm. A lot of times when people thought about Sin Network, they thought about um, assessment, coaching, training, yeah. care, which we do excellent. I think yes. we do the best. as good as anyone. But, but a lot of times when I think about Sin Network, we didn't think about Bruce yeah. and Christ, you know, you know, what you guys are doing in Tampa, or uh, Vance Pittman, or James Roberson, yeah. and just like the churches. And so we've been gathering together as, you know, an advisory board of trying to champion yeah. this idea of we are Sin Network. How, how has that been for you to, to, to put kind of names and pastors and leaders to them yeah. in that way? Well, you know, through the text thread that we kind of all share together, it seems like several times a day, somebody's encouraging you, somebody's connecting with you. I love you. Martin. Yeah, oh, yeah. love Martin, yeah. yeah Martin Vargas, <laughs> Yeah, incredible. Real in church. In Hollywood, yeah, real right, church. Yeah. And, uh, and, and James always spouting off some wisdom or some little ditty or something yeah. and making us laugh and 
But I think that's what we're seeing with us. We're also seeing just now starting to break out in what we call some of our city teams where we are connecting. I know you started one last year and we started one this year where we're getting together with pastors. We're encouraging each other. We're challenging each other. And we're really each other's best cheerleaders. Yeah, and I think that's so important because pastoring is lonely. It is. And you know, it's just like, and it it sucks at times if I can just be that cry. I mean, and it's lonely, it's hard. And, you know, and a lot of times as pastors, we don't know where to go to. We can't go to our congregation. At least some of us, we believe that we can't. I think we can, but we don't go to our congregation. But being able to have someone that we can connect to, you know, is so critical. And being, you know, that no planter plants alone. No pastor needs to to journey. Like, we can do more together than apart. We can. And here's the amazing thing about being part of Sin Network. Uh, Unlike other networks I've been connected with from time to time, uh, guys here are pretty real. Yeah. And so when all hell's breaking loose in your church or in in your life, there are guys that can say, you know what, I can relate. This is what happened to me. Whereas in some situations, some pastors are pretty guarded. And and I understand it's because they've been hurt and they've been exposed and and they've trusted and that trust was not reciprocated. And so one of the things I love about the family of Sin Network is being able to share your hurts and your pains and your opportunities um, and people celebrating with you or crying with you. And and one of the things I love, there's so many things to celebrate about what you've done. I mean, Mm. we'll talk about a little bit about your kind of your story and how you got to plant the church, but there's so many things that you are doing, have done, and are doing currently, you know, around this kind of a holistic understanding of disciple making. That's yeah. something that we yeah. we have an affinity to. It's just about making disciples yes. holistically. Yeah. And, you know, and specifically when it comes to kind of the idea of economic restoration. Yes. Talk about kind of your journey in that of when it became yeah. important to you. Sure. Um, how do you undergird it biblically? And then also kind of what you've been sure. doing. And so I think that maybe early on when we started Christ Fellowship, uh, we are in the urban core, very similar to Blueprint. Uh, Christ Fellowship currently is about 30% black. We're about 30% Anglo and we're about 30% Latino. And so we're very mixed congregationally. Um, And one of the things that God started speaking to us about is I think maybe we had a very limited understanding of discipleship. Yeah. And we didn't have more of a holistic understanding. In 1 Corinthians 5, uh, 518, uh, where Paul talks about that God's given us this ministry of reconciliation yeah. and, and the whole aspect that God is wanting to redeem every part of our lives. And then I think in Genesis 1, you know, something that really hit me early on was the Hadi that we saw that work was before the fall. Yeah, And so therefore it was created by God for his worship. And then it was redeemed after the fall. Mm-hmm. And so God uh, did not do it as a punishment for us, but he did it as part of his redemptive work. And so we just started seeing, you know, the church most churches, our church, had much to say on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. 
we didn't have much to say or much influence on where people live, work, and play. Yeah. And is that uh, something that you like as you was planting this church that came upon, or is that something yeah? I like, would say in the first two years, uh, I noticed that we were really good at 45 minutes at Starbucks. Yeah. In fact, we were the best, mm-hmm. you know. Um, we were really good uh, at, at that, but, you know, uh, or, or on Sunday morning, yeah. you know. Um, but we did not have um, much influence in the areas where people spent most of their time. Yeah. And so rarely, you know, God just started convicting me, you know, do you hear a message on the theology of work or the theology of urban planning or the theology of job creation? And so God started convicting me that we were missing out on influencing where people spend the majority of their time and in the spheres where they spend the majority of their time. So how do you not make it about those things because a lot of people are like, well, you know, if we do that, then what about the gospel? Right. What about yeah. saving souls? Yeah. What about like that? Yeah. And we can get lose all right. of that. What do, you, what do you say to them? Well, I would say that um, when we return worship uh, to work or worship into play or worship into where we live, then we see the redemption and restoration work of God. And so rarely do you ever have somebody say, oh man, I had a great day of worship at work. Mm -hmm. Or man, we had a great, man, on our basketball team, man, we had a great time of worship because we disconnected. Sacred and secular. It it very much so. Mm -hmm. And and most churches tend to uh, continue into that direction. So... One thing we saw in our city, in our area, we saw either because of people's past failures, uh, they were uh, economically challenged, um, and also because to me, in an urban core, the system tends to be rigged against minorities, and it tends to be rigged against people that are already living in poverty, and so there was no way for them to get out. I mean, just just for instance, uh, because the church had never spoken uh, about urban planning, when we tried to move into our neighborhood, um, there was no cops in our neighborhood, mm. which means the mortgage company said, uh, we can't give you a mortgage. Yeah. They said the only way we can give you a mortgage for 150000 is if you have 150000 in your bank. Mm. And so Heather and I had been saving, 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 and so we got a mortgage for 150000 and it came to my mind, the only other people that are buying homes in our neighborhood are guys that are buying homes to rent out to other people to make people, right. to turn them into e- even greater need of that person and yeah. into greater poverty. And so we just started saying, how can we speak into the lives of people about their work and about their skills in order to see them as God sees them, as people made in the image of God and God redeeming them back into his full purpose and plan for their lives. And that's where we started saying, what would God do 
if he was going to start new jobs in this area. Yeah. So practically in the church, how did you guys begin to do that? Like, what are some ways that you begin to, sure. to do that? Because, I mean, at your church, there's all the way rich, poor, yes. young, old, yes. very diverse. You talked about the diversity yeah. of the church yeah. already. Like, when you've got so many different starting points, yeah. how did you wrap your arms around that yeah. to begin to pr provide programs? Or, or I think the first thing you do is you say, God, what do we have in our hands? Mm -hmm. And so um, we had some dirt and we had a rundown kitchen that the previous church, when they stopped and gave us the property, we started Christ Fellowship, they had a kitchen. Mm -hmm. And so uh, there was a couple, we had won to Christ. Uh, they'd made commitments to Christ. They, he was a chef and a trained chef. And, uh, and so we started talking to them about the possibility of them starting a catering business and hiring other people. Okay. And so then they started in the kitchen there and they started hiring people in our church. Mm. And then they, they make the best gluten-free uh, baked products, yeah. uh, gluten-free bread and, and other uh, sweet rolls and things like that. And then they started selling those to uh, local restaurants and to local hotels um, and to local coffee shops. So Basically, one of the things is, and I love the principle that you just stated, I don't, don't want to miss that, is what do you have? That's, that, exactly that's the first right. thing that Jesus, he was just kind of like, right. yeah. bring to me what you have, yeah. right? I mean, you look at that, I mean, Christ, when he was healing the blind man, he took spit and he mm -hmm. took dirt, um, and he could have just said, you're healed. Right. But I think he took dirt and spit because I think he was giving us a principle there same with the feeding the 5,000. And the principle is start with what's at your fingertips. Yeah, and good. so he, he used the, the loaves and the fish. He right. used the dirt and the spit. And that became the vehicle he used to, to be able to bring the miracle. He miracleized what was in his fingertips and hands. And I think that's really what we, we ask God because we discount that and that's right. where the miracles come. And I think that's, okay, so first, what do you have? Because a lot of times the world... I don't have a building Well, I right. don't have, you know, yeah. but like you said, what do you have? So to yeah. some degree, you got to take inventory of what you have. And, yeah. uh, and I love what you said in there. It's not only just from a resources standpoint, but a people standpoint. And that's yes. a resource too, but a people. And you said you had bakers, you had people, yeah. you had willingness. Yes. You had those things. And so you took that and you turned it into yeah. a business. Yes. Talk to, what is, like, talk to me about that business that, like, how did it start? How does it work? How does it connect yeah. with the church now? Well, our goal was never for our church to start multiple 501c3 businesses. Right. Our goal was to empower people on how to start a business, to put biblical business coaches around them, mm -hmm. and then allow them to be led by the Holy Spirit and directed and as long as we could help give them something or help them in some area to further them along, and as long as they were committed to employing people locally, okay. then we would get behind them. So, and so we call it gaming the system. Gaming the system, okay. Yes. What does that mean, gaming that the system? That means is that when they started off, 
as a Clementine baked good company, we didn't charge them rent, okay. we didn't charge them electric, and we didn't charge them for gas. Okay. So in essence, their threshold of cost was much lower than the competition. Okay. And then we crowdsourced to their benefit. So their competition, in essence, has to make a name for themselves. We make a name with the hundreds of people that go to Christ Fellowship. So we said, hey, we got this baked goods company. Let's support them. So we're crowdsourced. So immediately they had people okay. wanting to purchase their products. And how does that relationship between you and the and Clementine work, the church in Clementine? We allow them to use the property and they tithe. Okay. So it becomes a win-win situation. It does. It's a win-win. And not only do they tithe, but the people that they many times employ, right. if they're part of our church, know. they tithe. So what They you, give above the tithe. Yeah. And then here's the big deal. They become a testimony into that sphere to restaurants, to coffee shops. Hey, how'd y'all start? We started at Christ Fellowship. And tell me about that. You can't believe. Let me tell you the story. Yes. I've never heard of a church doing that. And so it allows the glory of God to be displayed through the person of Jesus Christ in every area of our lives. That's good. So what I'm hearing is a win, 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 win like situation. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. on one end, the church wins because it brings in income. Yes. It, it empowers members of the church that yes. are entrepreneurs and may have the means to start. That's right. It employs more of the kind of the marginalized yeah. members of your church That's by giving right. them jobs. That's right. You know, and then it also becomes a witness of multiplication yes. as you're getting into the business world. That's exactly right. Into different things. And so what I hear that is all all of our values. You have kind of family brotherhood. Yes. You have multiplication, yes. you know, through the witness that is yes. going on, and you have holistic restoration yes. that's taking place in, in this model. And it all started off with just you looking at what do I have? That's right. What are the resources that God has yeah. already given you? Yeah. So what are you longing for? What are you like, what, what is your heart aching to see <sighs> both at Christ Fellowship and then yeah. ultimately just church planners around yeah. the world? Well, I really desire to see. God's glory displayed in miraculous ways wherever we live, work, and play. Yeah. Yeah. I really want to see other churches embrace and say, God, how can we make a big deal about you where I'm working? How can I use my work and for you to get the glory in the middle of it? Yeah. And so... Uh, one thing we've challenged everybody to do is start praying for people that you work with. Start praying for people your kids play with. Start praying for your neighbors. And then we ask a question, what opportunity can I give somebody else that God has given me? Yeah. And in those two areas, we start praying. God starts speaking to people about um, sometimes job creation. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's how can I serve my neighbors or how can I serve my kids' little league? But in essence, it's all about 
preparation for the gospel relationships. Yeah. What I love about what you're saying is that it's structured, but it's not a program. That's it's right. It's organic. It's intentional, but yeah. it's fluid. Yes. You know, and really what I love is the idea is that you're trusting the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You're empowering them and saying, yeah. God has given us enough of the resources, sure. the things, regardless of where you are, to yeah. get involved where you can both belong yeah. and matter yeah. and helping to establish the kingdom of God. Exactly. You know, and so just seeing that taking place, I mean, if we, mm. if more churches would just take on that mindset yes. and just say, what do, what do I have? Mm -hmm. And Lord, use what I yeah. have. And they've been praying for opportunities yeah. and empowering their members to do that. Man, I think we would see a movement yeah. take place. I mean, just one other thing is to Heidi, you know, Heather and I had a garage. Mm -hmm. And we had our car in there and had a bunch of junk in there. And so we just said, God, how could we repurpose this garage mm. for your glory? And so we got the idea about refinishing mid-century modern furniture. Well, I, I'd never refinished a piece of furniture in my entire life. Yeah. And so I know you, you've you done some great stuff mm -hmm. that I, I'd never done. So I started watching uh, Google videos of guys doing stuff, started buying junk furniture for pennies on the dollars, messed up, and I started fixing them up. And then I started employing college students in our church to teach them a skill of which I was learning myself. Mm -hmm. And then I would pay them um, like $15 an hour yeah. to let them practice on these pieces and then to be able to sell the pieces. Yeah. And so we've had many college students, this has done wonders for their education fund and helped mm -hmm. them. But again, it goes out to, they. people say, where do you work? They go, I work for Classic Modern. Oh, really? Tell me about that. Well, it's my pastor in my garage, yeah. and it's just, it's That's a awesome. further display of the glory of God. What I love about you is you're not do as I say, it's do as I do, yeah. and you're willing to be a model and example mm. for that, man. Yeah, I really I appreciate that. it, Thank Bruce. you, man. Thank you for, Thanks for sharing, and I, yeah. you know, this is awesome. It's great.